Welcome to the Crossroads, y'all. Show where we share the stories of the world's most unique, innovative, and accomplished individuals so that you can unlock your fullest life. I'm Kai from Vertigo Vision. I'm Nico Castro. And today we have a very, very special guest. She has been gone for a while and for good reason, doing a lot, doing the most, and the youngest guest we've had on the Crossroads, but also one of the most accomplished and admiring, admirable, inspiring people that I've ever known. Um, yeah, she's here today and... This is such a crazy time and I'm so thankful that she's here. Member of Underground Flow, San Diego native, all the way to Florida, all the way to LA. She is one of the youngest Red Bull BC1 all-stars. She is, oh my gosh, previous winner of World of Dance, winner of Silverback Open, winner of Taipei B-Boy City, winner of Radical Force. The list goes on. And man, just one of the greatest parts is that she's an awesome human. Um, I've known this individual, I think, since she was eight years old. Um, and Fetus. she goes by the name of Logan Logistics Edra. Hello Ooh, and welcome. welcome. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> we are currently in sunny San Diego, a place where I think all three of us are natively from. Yeah. And so you've been gone for a while. And can you tell us a little bit about where you've been and what has changed since you've been back? Oh, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like Nico was saying, I am from San Diego and I was born and raised here. I moved to Florida um, March of this year. So I've been there for like around six, five, six months. Um, South Florida and um, yeah, right, like right next to Miami. And my mom lives over there and my dad lives over here. So that was like the main reason why I moved over there. And that happened all before COVID and before um, a lot of the crazy stuff going on right now. Um, yeah, and so I experienced um, such a huge change already. Um, right before more change in like the world and society. So everything just like went from yeah. like back to back. You were to there f during... Probably one of the craziest times in our lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, too. I was like, dang, this is, like, going to be some of the craziest times, like, of probably my whole life. <laughs> um, and for a lot of people, too. But, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. A lot, of, a lot of change. And I sense that with, like, everyone, too. Um, but, yeah, overall, just, dang, I never knew, like, I, w I was expecting to be uh, in a different place, um, like maybe six months ago, thinking about where I would be now. It's super different, not what I expected, but like also I feel so needed. Like even though times are, can be challenging and like hard, I think it's what's supposed to happen. And I think it's like, yeah, it's, it's like teaching us so many things. Sometimes uh, we don't like know what it is, but it's always helping us like learn and grow. And so like being present is like so, I feel important in this time. Yeah. And I think while a lot of podcasts, a lot of media are using the word uncertain, this is an uncertain time, um, even though we're down to maybe less or around 115 days until 2021, um, what were some things that you planned on doing for 2020? Did you have tours set up? Did you have shoots set up? Did you have battles set up? What are some tangible things that you had going on before your life changed. All of our lives changed. So right before the lockdowns, um, I had planned like a, a tour. I was going to go to Hawaii to um, 
teach and judge um, battles. Um, I was actually talking with Ark and to like help his kids and and mm-hmm. and, oh. and just attend the youth events. And um, I was supposed to go to Oregon for a Nike gig. Um, I was supposed to go to Salzburg, Austria, to um, do a two-on-two battle, actually Circle Industry with G. Lu, um, and do like a Red Bull photo shoot over there. And then I was supposed to go back to Canada to teach at a studio um, with one of my mentors named Showtime. Um, I have gone there like a few times and I was supposed to go back there again. Um, And then I was supposed to go back to NorCal to do another local jam, but um, obviously everything happened and everything slowed down. Well, paused, quite literally. And um, yeah, I was really honestly excited, like as usual, because I think everyone had like their plans. But once the once the um, lockdowns and and COVID hit really hard, um, it was so abrupt, but it was also like, well, this is kind of a weird kind of cool change. Um, Very unexpected, but it's like, in the back of my mind, as like we were hearing about the news, I was like, I feel like this is kind of supposed to happen. So I'm kind of just gonna trust it and just see, because like things are always bound to change. So I'm like, "Hmm, maybe this is trying to like, Something, something's supposed to happen. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think something that follows up with that, that we kind of talk about with every podcast, because all of these unique and accomplished individuals that we interview, there's a lot going on in their lives. They have events that go back-to-back, travels that go back-to-back. So I want to hear your insight. Do you get burnt out? Or prior to this year, were you getting burnt out? Because probably towards the end of 2019, you had so much going on. Everything from... The long Canada tour that you were doing, I remember, in the middle of 2019. And then that last stretch, you had that long trip from China, Hustle and Freeze. And then I saw you a few weeks later at Taipei. And then um, you even had a few more trips to end the year. So that was all within, what, a span of 30, 40 days? Yeah, it was a lot. It was, yeah, it I, there were times, like, I felt tired, and I thought it was, I didn't know it was burn, it was burnout. Mm-hmm. Like, so many times like that, where I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know, like, this, I should be fine. And then it's actually, like, now that I observe from, like, months later, I'm like, oh, I was definitely burnt out. Like, I wouldn't have been that irritable or that moody or that tired, mm-hmm. um, like, if I wasn't. So, yeah, I, I'd say that's such a common thing with, like, like, um, I'm sure a lot of people that you have on the show and a lot of dancers and artists and like working people who just work a lot. And, um, yeah, I think like this time COVID, if anything, uh, taught me, um, that it's okay to take a break and it's okay to be Mm -hmm. still and that it's actually needed because I like this analogy. Oh, so, um, one of my mentors, uh, his name's Sean Evaristo, um, a legend, <laughs> no need for like explanation, but he um, was talking to me about like this analogy that he uses with like, I don't know if you guys have seen like those crochet like blankets or um, yeah, like those, um, the things that like they have like holes and mm-hmm. they, they, yeah, so yeah, um, so in like those really cool like designs and patterns, it wouldn't look as beautiful if it didn't have the spaces in between. Um, so that space matters just as much as like the actual yarn. And when he like broke that down for me, I was like, wow, that's so true. Because I've heard a lot of analogies that um, explain um, stillness and movement or like yin and yang. And that one seemed to like resonate. So 
um, that helped me realize, and also just experiencing helped me realize too that the stillness is like so needed, and like there's other ways to elevate within that stillness too. Right. Yeah. I I didn't know it was Sean that was one of the people who like got that, like was able to teach that to you. But I remember you posted something on your story a while back, um, on your wall at home. You like to put post-its up, and I love that. Um, I actually started doing that too because of you. And yeah, and there was one that you put that said. There cannot be movement without stillness, right? And so that, that's like the principle we're talking about. And Sean is super wise, very, very wise. That would be great to have him on, on sometime because, yeah, he speaks like volumes. And I guess speaking on um, the whole idea of burnout and all of these things and what you were up to before all this happened, your career as a professional, uh, I think it's been about like five years, right? So yeah. it's like about the length of time someone goes to high school or someone goes to college. It's not a long time. And you were kind of like thrust into this whole new world, right? And mo- people, people spend like 20 years getting acclimated and acclimated to this routine of like traveling and all of these things. And yeah, just, just, just thrusting into this was, it must have been not the easiest thing. But at the same time, I feel like you're not a stranger to being put into unique situations. I mean, just even the reason why we know each other and the scene of breaking, right? When you first started this young, young little girl, and there weren't many like you out there. There's still not many like you out there, right? So I'm curious how you like to deal with um, being that in, in those uncomfortable, unique situations, because I feel like you're in those a lot. And yeah. so what are some practices <laughs> that you feel have kept you grounded or allowed you to, to stay focused and continue pursuing even, even against all odds? That's crazy, because like, I didn't realize that my life seemed so, um, like, like filled with those uncomfortable situations until recently when I was able to reflect. Like, when I had these past months to think about my life, like, literally every experience from, like, childhood to now, I didn't realize that my life was filled with those situations. And I think it comes with um, condition, too. Like, growing up in a certain um, way, I feel we... Um, we become accustomed to like specific circumstances and then we sometimes subconsciously like recreate them later on without knowing it mm-hmm. and that becomes the normal and I feel like um, that's what happens I think with everyone pretty much because it, it just I guess that's how our brain our brain works so um, having a lot of like weird uncomfortable situations happening um, I think like growing up it was like I guess I recreated them later on without knowing that that wasn't normal. And um, they actually worked to my my advantage um, from a career standpoint. So, like, let's say, oh, like the first time I battled, so scared, but just like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And how old were you when you first battled? I think eight. Yeah, it was scary. I remember it being so scary, too. I remember going into a session and being really scared Mm because I was like, (laughs) it was all guys, like grown men. Um, but I mean, I remember um, just doing it <laughs> and then constantly doing it, doing those things like that kind of scare me. But oh, and also I remember this quote um, because I felt like some of the things that I wanted to, to do the most were some of the scariest things ever. So um, I remember like really wanting to work on that. I remember like journaling and I, I bought my first passion planner. This and is, was, how old were you at this point? You still eight? I was like maybe a l- 12 okay. when I was really like, dang, I have to tackle this. Um, 
yeah, like I was thinking about like what I want to accomplish in my life. And it's like, how am I going to get there if I don't get past these fears first? Mm -hmm. So I was like, how am I going to get past these fears? And I remember like journaling, I have my old journals and I'm like, it shows kind of like steps I could take or things I need to remember. And um, yeah, I just like, I just remember um, constantly going after the things that scare me. And I think that, I mean, it was a curse and a blessing because I would find myself like with anxiety or like feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm enjoying this. But having some of the most like powerful and transformative experiences of my life so far. And it's like, at what point do you like stop and like just kind of um, have that time for like self-care or just making sure that you're well-being, like you're okay in terms of like, yeah, mental health. And so... I feel like this time, sorry, I'm kind of like drifting everywhere. Please, please, it, it all makes sense, yeah. Okay, um, this time, like everything being canceled and COVID and all the lockdowns um, forced me to take care of that and not push it too far, especially at a young age because I often forget that like I'm not even like 20, I'm not even 18 yet, <laughs> but like I've done a lot and I don't realize um, how much I've done until someone else tells me like, dang, you've done a lot, so... Yeah, just recognizing that for myself and also knowing that um, if something doesn't happen, like it's not the end of the world. Um, And to also know that I'm human first because like I feel like the past like five years, I was like almost like I'm a robot. Like I can do anything and like not feel even though we're humans and there's Mm -hmm. always we're always going to have like a soft spot. So um, I feel like everyone has some type of um, healing to do because of like the work that we put in. Um, and also just, yeah, like the whole movement stillness thing. I think it's just both are so necessary. As much as we might like dislike one or the other, it's still like inevitable. And it's like, yeah, we have to <laughs> experience both. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I see. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, that's, that's really crazy. Just how at, at 12 you got a passion planner and or around that age yeah right and, <laughs> okay um so my, my next question is then uh how did where do you think those drive came from and what, what what was it like setting up those first goals for you to pursue because i get the i, I get the uh, habit of chasing what pursues you or chasing what scares you right mm-hmm. that's that's something that um i've i've seen in people that are able to conquer their goals. And it's really, really, it's a lot easier said than done, right? Um, but I think you also need a really good reason to do it, right? You need to have a reason to throw yourself into these uncomfortable situations. And s- there's, there's some sort of light at the end of the tunnel for you, right? So what, what, were the, what was that like for you? What, what were these dreams that you were having as a kid? And then how did you start to put them into realization, right? Instead of just dreaming about them, yeah. you have begun to make them a reality. Yeah. So what, what, what was that like for you? So I remember when I was still living here before I moved to L.A., Mm -hmm. I was uh, watching a lot of, you know, YouTube and like seeing videos. Um, And I mean, at first it was more like YouTubers, but then it became more like dance videos, battle videos. I would watch a lot of urban dance camp videos of like Keone and Mari and Chris Martin and um, a lot of choreo cookies like uh, Body Rock and Vibe. And then I would watch battles like Rebel BC1. Um, a lot of international jams and and just like highlight videos of like my favorite b-boys and b-girls and then I remember like thinking like dang I I feel 
um, at first it was just like, oh, this is dope. Like, this is like mad cool. And I didn't even, I wasn't um, taking dance as serious. But once I started taking dance serious, starting to meet these people in person, um, go to these studios, like actually train at the same places that these people would be at. I'm like, dang, I feel like I can actually do this if I really like try and put work into it. And I was surrounded by such good people. Shout out to Valville and Impact, my dad, um, for really instilling this like um, really high like self-esteem at a young age. Um, and that helped me really believe in myself to know like if I really want to and I put in the work and dedication, I can accomplish these things. So wanting to live up to that dream, I think, was a huge reason for me to push myself um, into scary situations and just to work hard. Um, and like I've been obviously reflecting a lot and I feel like um, a lot of the motivation can stem from like a love and a fear because sometimes we um, we can love a dream so much and, and love and admire um, a goal that we really really want to accomplish but we also fear that like if we don't accomplish it then um, I feel like sometimes there's this thing in the back of my mind being like oh like um, you're not yourself if you don't um, do something like that or if you don't accomplish that then that's like below a standard or something like this so um, I feel like yeah like a love and or a fear can be like a, a strong um, like driving force for some of these things mm -hmm. yeah. um, from a completely unbiased standpoint I think we like we want to feel like it's all motivated all motivated by um, love and positivity and and like a good feeling but sometimes it is like a fear of of um not accomplishing something which is like i oh, don't yeah. i'm not opposed to it either because i think that's also a very strong um force that can like motivate us to do things um as long as it doesn't take over <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. I, do you have a question when it comes to like val villain your dad your mom your sister how important is that support system for you professionally and in terms of balancing it with life life yeah oh my goodness it's so like I didn't realize how important that is until recently because I think um I think we all have like our situations with family you know growing up so um, without getting into too much detail um me coming to Florida it was just such a different situation and um, I haven't lived with my mom for a while and I was so used to um, my dad and I just doing literally like everything together from him driving me mm -hmm. and supporting me. And at one point he was actually coaching me and also like being away from my crew too. So I think, um, that support, um, I feel like it's so important. Like a, a lot of people and me, I remember there were, uh, there was a, a, a small phase, like when I was in Florida being like, Oh, I can do this on my own, you know? Cause I think sometimes we have like that, um, sometimes that bitterness, you know, um, mm -hmm. but I really feel like nothing's possible without support, whether it's big or small. I think there's literally like no way to um, get to a goal or dream or, um, yeah, without some type of support, even if it's as little as like practicing in a place that someone else you don't even know created. Mm -hmm. It could be that distant or it could be close as like my dad paying for all my lessons when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I feel... Yeah, there's really no way to like do something else without support, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm. Um, yeah, so I feel it's so important, and also not only the um, material support, but also the um, emotional and mental support. Mm. Um, I feel like 
I was able to get a lot of that when I uh, started living with my mom. And because, you know, females are <laughs> can be more, um, I guess, in tune with the emotional side of things. So um, talking with her a lot and just spending time um, with her guidance, which is a different kind of guidance from my dad, mm-hmm. um, it was it was different and it was growth in a different way that I wasn't as used to. Um, but then it all works har- harmoniously. Um, and I didn't realize that until like recently. Yeah. So that's huge yeah. because from what you said, there's completely different types of support. Um, on my side, one of the biggest things that helped me with scaling my breaking career was the amount of blind support that my dad gave me. So if I were to define that blind support is kind of in a way where he didn't really understand what breaking was or what that subject was or how that industry worked because it's still so young and it's still so new and it's so different from being in the immigrant perspective right you travel or you immigrate from your country you come here you try to find stability you try to find security right and establishes this type of perspective even to your kids that you're trying to raise of we need you to find that same sense of stability and that same sense of security because that's what they're familiar with. Right. And that is so respectable because they freaking immigrated from another country to the United States of America or something where there's such a large ecosystem or there's this huge opportunity for the dream. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think one of the greatest things that he provided me was blind support. And it was, I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't know what your hobby's about, but I'll financially back you or I'll provide you with whatever you need and go ahead. And that's the most they can do, and that's totally fine. Because that allowed me to fail. That allowed me to mess up. That allowed me to chase so many different avenues, whether it was being ambitious in the incorrect or selfish direction, and learning how to flop on my face, and then rerouting, and then finding that right direction that brings value to the world. So when it comes to all these different types of support for you, if you didn't have one of those, would it still work out? Or do you still need to feel every different type of support? Because you mentioned there's that feminine type of support. There's the dad type of support. There's the support that brings you high self-esteem. So if one of those were taken out of the equation, would it still work out? Um, Okay, so when you mean work out, is that like um, the dream or like life? or Both. (laughs) Oh, Um, but we could talk about the career part. The career part, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I spent, I think it was five years where I was just living with my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, although the crew, um, I was able to confide in, in um, my crew, obviously, because they were always there. It was still one of those things where um, I didn't know that that was, a nece- that was necessary. I didn't know that listening to my emotions is something that I needed to do. Um, and I think that, um, that was still like, I was still able to do the stuff I was doing. Um, so yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible depending on your dream or whatever you want to do. Cause like if I wanted to, uh, let's say do these things, everything that I had done, um, but maybe enjoy a little more then maybe it wouldn't, I don't think it would work out. Cause I think I would need a little more emotional support. But, um, I mean, I did it a different way, and I don't mind, because um, it, it taught me a lot, and um, I think it, it'll still work. I think, yeah, 
I think as long as you have the right ingredients for what you want to accomplish, I feel like it'll still work. Um, not always smooth, but it'll still like, like right. turn out. It's smooth. a really interesting balance just because, yeah. as you both said, um, support is a lot. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it helps you so much because not only are they always there for you when you're low, but they're also influencing you to become who you want to be. Right. But at the same time, there is still that individual aspect where you have your own dreams and you have your own goals. Um, so I'm curious just because a uh, related question, but maybe for both of you, because we didn't actually mention this, but Nico and Logan are on the same crew. They're both on Underground and Flow. So I'm really I'm really excited to actually be sitting here with them just because I think they have been through a lot together. A lot of the accomplishments that Nico listed, uh, introducing Logan, have he was there for, you know, so they've been through a lot. And um, I guess the question for both of you is, um, it's this sense of, and I want to ask you both this just because on your social media profiles, both of you post very profound, inspiring posts that I think help people a lot, you know, um, and both of you are still, we're, we're all babies, you know, like in, in the grand scheme of things, but, but still like we, we're, we've come to this place where we are in the platform position to give advice and people will mm. listen. Um, at the same time, what, what I'm curious what it's like when you're the one who needs advice or when you're the one who's feeling insecure because there there are people, I mean, um, I, I can speak from personal experience, just I feel like I could be doing so much more. Mm-hmm. And in, in a lot of times, you know, not always, but there are, there are those moments where I'm just like, damn, like I'm looking at the other people, I'm looking at you guys and I'm like, shit, like, like yeah. there, there's a lot more that I should be stepping on this pedal, right? And I'm sure there's, there's that version of people for you guys as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious for you guys, like, how do you cope and deal with that for yourselves yeah i usually resort to gratitude i have to look at my circle i have to see that everyone is healthy right as long as i can wake up and i know that no one's in the hospital i can wake up and no one's going through a life crisis i can wake up and i can see that everyone's just living then i think that's already enough to establish that i have nothing to worry about but of course anxiety is a thing and ego is a thing and it does creep in but I think being able to get back into practice and humble myself and still realize like, oh my goodness, I still suck at moving in this particular way or I still suck in accomplishing all these things. And it's not to downplay what I'm doing, but it's more so to see that I have this expectation, this healthy expectation of a pressure that I want to fulfill that, okay, if I want to reach these tangible goals in terms of being a competitive breaker or a competitive dancer or a performative artist, or a DJ or a musician, then that's gonna allow me to just be in the practice. And going back to the circle thing, even if they're not technically in my circle, I do have I do check on my heroes, right? I do have to look at the people that are winning. I do have to see the people that have already set the example or who have already set the standard. Just highly accomplished individuals, right? Going back to the Kobe or the Mamba mentality and seeing how they were able to push through all their adversities even when there's 70,000 cameras on them on game day, they're still able to go to practice. They're still able to wake up at X time and they're still able to execute practice one, practice two, practice three, and still fulfill the life stuff, but still not trying to impose all of those expectations on myself because everyone's circumstances are different. And I think it goes back to, although we want to set this expectation and this amount of stress, this healthy amount of stress, to stay in the practice but not judge myself too hard 
I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from this quarantine. And going back to your question is, even in times when I'm down, I still have to be able to step back and not judge myself too hard. If I didn't wake up at 5.50 in the morning, that's okay. Because it doesn't matter how much sleep I get, it matters what I'm doing in the day, right? So you can be working all these hours, but if you're scrolling through your feed the whole time, or if you're thinking about other people's opinions, or you're looking at that one comment, when in reality there's 25 other comments that are affirming that, hey, you should, like you're doing what you're doing. But at the same time, you shouldn't really take all those factors into consideration because the person that's making the progress and the person that's putting in the work is you at the end of the day. So it's figuring out how, figuring out how to calibrate your expectations or figuring out how to calibrate your opinion on compliments and insults and figuring out how to just stay on the course and keep living your purpose of wanting to serve others or be of servitude to others. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of taking that direction. How do you feel about that? That was a lot. <laughs> that was very helpful. Thank you. Um, no, I feel, I'd say, pretty much the same. Um, I still, I like to surround myself with, like, people that I might look at as, quote-unquote, like, better than me. Because it's like, you know, we want to keep um, elevating and mm-hmm. to be in an environment with people that you aspire to be like, I think is one of the best ways to do that. Because we are technically, what is that? There's some, there's like a saying where it's like the, the main five people that you're around are like. You're the average of the five people yeah. you hang out with. Yeah. It's real. It is yeah, so exactly. Real. So it's like, um, if I'm around people that don't really inspire me or, or, or um, like just on a different uh, focus or path, um, I don't know how productive um, I will be. Um, and it's like, I'll control my actions as much as I can, but it's like you you're still working with the chemistry of that room. So it's like you can't help but fall into certain actions. Um, so I really love surrounding myself with like positive, hardworking, ambitious, determined people. And also like sending out the energy to attract that type of thing as well. Um, in terms of going to people for advice or in times where I feel stuck or insecure, um, same with Nico. I, I go to my, I always have mentors. I always keep mentors and I, I'm never, I don't think anyone's too good to have mentors. And I think that's also where um, I feel people might um, like want to keep maybe a certain religion or just a God, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of the things too. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think in this time, there's so many challenging, difficult times where I've actually, um, I'd say, uh, what's the word? deep in my relationship with whatever this higher being is. And I think that's another thing um, that helps a lot of people. Um, and even people that, like, let's say I've studied. Oh, that's another thing. So going to mentors for, like, advice, going to my crew, my family. And even I like watching interviews of, like, people from before our time because there's so many people that were ahead of their time and um, they may have felt alone, even insecure, scared at times. And to capture them speaking, like that's them speaking to us, um, I feel. Like um, even if they, they, don't, they didn't know that um, a 17-year-old girl from San Diego would be watching that, it's still a form of guidance that I see uh, from a lot of people. Um, Who are some of these people? That you talk about people so, before us. Yeah, I've been watching like Wu Tang interviews. Um, Nina Simone is an amazing artist. 
um, ahead of her time. Um, what's his name? From Into the Wild, that um, movie, that film. I kind of, when, when you mentioned that, um, I'm not sure if you guys have ever listened to speeches by Charlie Chaplin, but he has a oh. lot of things where he speaks very, like, very clear, clear English. And this guy was like, he was on top of it before any of, of like, the technology in order to get this, like, crisp sound was available. And, and he was just mm. speaking, you know, and, and, and that sound and those words, they still remain true to these days. Yeah. So that's always something like, to look yeah, into. Yeah, Charlie right? Chaplin. You said Charlie Chaplin? Yes, Charlie Chaplin. He is, yeah, oh my gosh. Another freaking story. Chris, is that right? Chris McCandles? Yep, Christopher McCandles. Um, I watched that movie and that changed my life. <laughs> and also... Um, oh, yeah, I have heard of this. Yeah. Um, some of his quotes like really spoke to me. Um, and also, um, Alan Watts. Um, he's one that mm. I've always like, loved listening to. Um, yeah. There's also... Wait, there's someone else too. I don't know. It could go on and on. There's, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot. Okay, so I mean, I think the takeaway from this is that my next question was going to be like, how, because you both have support systems, you both have mentors, and I was going to ask, like, how do you find your mentors? But I mean, that's a big answer right there. Now that we have the internet, even before that, we had books. You don't necessarily have to be in front of your mentor for them to be your mentor. I think you can find them in the texts, in their words, in their voices, and through what you mentioned as the law of attraction, right? When you, when you know and you start to explore and just be curious in general, because before you want something, you have to find it, right? So I, I think that was a strength, right? Because I think you tried a lot of different things before you found dance as well. Oh, right? yeah, I did. Yeah. And then dance was just like, well, that's the one. <laughs> exactly. So once you did, then you started diving deep, right? Then you started watching all these videos. Yeah. You started studying, essentially. You're mm -hmm. watching all these people. You're watching people that you admired. You started taking their classes. And thus, Law of Attraction you've begun to climb, right? And you've begun to find your way in there. And that's eventually when you found your mentor mentors, like the in-person ones, right? Like villain impact, right? So it took a little bit of time, but then I think that was, a, that, that's one method I think that is very actionable in order to find your circle, find those five people or find somebody that you can learn from. It's just like, you know, find that curiosity first and then identify those people in the realm that you can look up to. Cause we have the internet now, we have videos, you have this. If you're listening to this right now, you know, you're on the right track. So, yeah. yeah. This has been attracted to you. And it's not by algorithm. It's the spirit world you. has just attracted to you. But for fun, um, for fun, I know that all of us have experienced this in some way. What are some ways that this law of attraction or attraction in general, like the fun stories, how can you give some examples of some fun <laughs> ones of like, whoa. Because you have those moments oh when you're God. either overseas or you're teaching a class. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, holy crap. I remember... Like thinking this at home, wanting this to happen, and now I'm here. So, what are some examples of those? Um, so one of them is is I remember um, two years before my recent, my most recent so oh my solo at the the very last arena LA. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say like two or three years before that, I was really really like um, heavy into this contemplation and like reflection of uh, the topic of like self-love and specifically with young girls that around, are around my age and like how much we judge our appearance and how much social media affects our um just our self-esteem and our uh, self-worth and 
um, even like self-respect. And um, I was, I would get emotional at times because I, I see like some of my peers um, that are girls r- allow it to really get to them. And it's, maybe it's because like I was living with my dad. So I was like, oh, I don't care. Um, <laughs> it, but, it's just uh, you're, you're in preparation for the arena performance you collaborated with Dietrichs on? Yes. Okay. So this wasn't in preparation. This was like before, before any it. of that. Oh, okay. This okay, was okay. me just thinking and just oh. being like, dang, this is kind of, like, sad, and I, I wish I could help more people um, and, and girls realize that, like, you're beautiful just the way you are and, like, the society standard of beauty, like, that's just, it's not realistic. And, like, I remember a few months before Arena, I already was going to do a solo, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, even months before that, I'd say, like, a year before that, I was already planning, like, okay, I really want to do uh, some type of, performance or concept video based around that message and I spent months thinking like what am I going to do what am I going to do and nothing nothing came that was like that that would fit like good and then um a month no two months before arena LA um the recent one Dom hit me up about um he had to do like a judge showcase but um he was like I think a, a teenage girl would be better than a, a grown man for this concept. So um, he asked me if I was down to do it and he ex- explained what it is. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what wow. I've been wanting. That's crazy. And, and this was without any contact prior, like about this specific no, topic. No, not at all. Not at all. And like, I've worked with Dom before, um, but mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was just the timing and, and that, yeah, exactly like law of attraction. I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't it crazy that it doesn't happen just over a course of a few days you think something and something like that sometimes, exact thing, sometimes it does I right? a funny story about that too cool <laughs> but then in that case you were prepared technically for months ahead mm-hmm. um, yeah can you tell us about the short ones yeah and so like, how that actually happened <laughs> so one time um, I was like I was with my dad and I was thinking about like places um, that I would just really want to travel to and I was like, dang, I really want to like go to the Philippines. Oh, I was with my grandma and my dad. And I was like, dang, I really want to go to the Philippines. And um, not only like perform and teach and maybe battle, but um, to like give back and and, mm-hmm. um, and see what the communities over there and, and provide whatever is needed. Um, and the next morning I go in my inbox and I see an email <laughs> from... Um, a studio in the Philippines. Oh my <laughs> and the same thing happened with Thailand. I was with my mom. I was like, I was like, mom, what's a place that like you would love to travel? And I think um, she mentioned like, I don't know if it was India or um, I forgot what country she said. And then I shared mine. I was like, I would love to go to Thailand. And then I felt like this, wow, like I really would love to go to Thailand. And I told her, and then later that night, I went in my email and it was like, um, what is it? Bangkok, right? Yeah. Thailand? Yes. They wanted me to perform um, at the show that they had. I couldn't do it, unfortunately. Mm. But I, I just still seeing that email, I was like, what the heck? What? <laughs> like, that's crazy. So, yeah, those are like. That's so crazy. Yeah. Kai, well, do you have any stories like that? Well, well I'll definitely was... say to preface that I've never. There's, there's never been a moment where I've dreamed of going to a place and then the next day there was an email that invited me <laughs> to that place. I wish it was that great, but um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know about any short term where it just kind of clicked in my head like that. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, like 
I mentioned this all the time. It's like, you know, the relationship we've built up to today. Mm-hmm. I mean, starting out, I started in high school. I was 14 when I started breaking. Um, and it was just for fun with some friends at, in a club. And what, the first person that they showed me that they're like, this is our hero. This is who we look up to. Is this guy. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, he's like the same age as us. He's like a year older. He's like, Nico. Yeah, and he's like, he, he, he teams up with this guy named Jimmy Jam. They're crazy. This is crazy. It was a crazy team. And they're like killing it. They're like going all over the place and winning everywhere. And so, I mean, I didn't really have big dreams back then. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But once I found that through my curiosity, I decided to try breaking. And then I found people that I admired in it, you know, aka you guys. And I mean, long-term goals, but, you know, like here we are now. And just being able to sit here and actually exchange words with you. And even the times we get the session, like it's always... It's always so great. So, I mean, that, if that isn't law of attraction, um, I don't know what is. And not to say, I mean, obviously, it's not you just think about wanting something and it happens. It, it requires more than just wanting. Yeah. Yes. And I think both of you can speak on that as well. Yeah. Right? And it's a result of step one, putting yourself out there. Right. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that one thing that attracted you to breaking. That one thing that attracted you to all these activities is putting yourself in that scary place, mm-hmm. in that uncomfortable situation. Yes. Yeah. So maybe with attraction, it comes with the expense or the cost of discomfort. Right. It's a really inverse, crazy yeah. little like idea there though, yeah. Um, and it's definitely the way you guys see that degree of uncomfort or discomfort, I think too. Just because we say uncomfort and seek discomfort, I think that's like a very, it's a mantra at this point where it's like, yeah, like that's how you get what you want because you have to get through the things that you're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But I think that the people who do it on a regular basis and are able to thrive in discomfort, they've actually, it's the, it's the lens in which they see discomfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're not actually, they're not actually like, oh yeah, like I like hurting myself. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe some people are masochists, mm-hmm. but, but, but most of the, mo- most people don't like being in negative situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like to be in constructive ones. So yeah. I, um, I'm not sure if you guys know who Jocko Willink is. He's a, he's a, he's not retired, but he's an author of, and he's a Navy SEAL instructor. And he writes a lot of books about leadership and accountability. And one of the things he talks about, um, he has a video on YouTube, I think it's called Good or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just about him talking about like, oh, like you woke up at 5 a.m. this morning, like good. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're like in pain, like um, running right now, your, your shins hurt, like good. Like it's basically reframing yeah. the mindset, right? And I think that's a very intense way of seeing it. But it's, it's kind of finding that reason why you're putting yourself to discomfort and mm-hmm. then tuning it to be something you enjoy. Perspective. Right? Because yeah. both of you talk about enjoying the process, right? Yeah. Like, you put on, like, every morning or, like, multiple mor- mornings, you're putting on this, like, 60, uh, how heavy is that vest? That, you're putting on, like, this Dragon Ball Z vest and you're jogging, like, <laughs> in the canyons for, like, three miles. And you do that every morning. And a normal person, you're like, why would I do that to myself? <laughs> but not you. I think you have links a reason to doing that you know and you have linked a reason to training like your butt off and you know boogie's linked a reason to staying up late nights working on his art right it's like being able to to find those deep reasons like we go back to the why always yeah. right yeah. And, in order to be able to and I, i'm going off on a tangent i don't even know what i'm talking about this thing no, but, no, but yeah no. basically i mean i hope that that helps people out there with with kind of rewiring their mentality to be able to take on what you need to, the discomfort. Yes, and just to affirm that point, I know we should probably move on to the next subject, but another book drop is called Relentless. It's a book that was put on to me by B-Boy Little Rock, my crewmate from California Crew. Um, it's by the author Tim S. Grover. He was the personal trainer to Michael Jordan, oh, shit. Kobe Bryant, 
Dwayne Wade, and some other notable basketball players and athletes. And one of the biggest points and takeaways is a lot of times these athletes, a lot of times these artists, they don't like that sense of discomfort. The drills that you do, the pressure that you're put on, it's not comfortable, but they like the result at the end of it, right? And then mixing that with Gary Vaynerchuk mentality of love the process, it's almost like you're mixing the two of, okay, maybe we don't like this period of discomfort in training, that pain in training, but what if we started shifting the mind to start liking it? And then you start getting more greedy, not so much for the result or the tangible thing. It's still there. You're training in that direction, but you start to like the pain. You start to like that feeling of when you're about to throw up in the midst of a 50-minute run. You start to like that pain of, man, I'm going to go on day four of sessioning, but I should yeah. still do it because I know it's going to pay off by the time Saturday comes through. Crazy. But It's some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yes. So I guess, I mean, I'm still, I, I can relate to people who just look at people like you guys and are just like, these guys are insane. Like, why are they hurting themselves so much? But <laughs> then, 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 then you make that bridge and it's actually, it's, it's a gradual change of mentality and body in order to get to the point where they like enjoying doing this. It's the same reason why, like, you know, a regular person might enjoy watching a Netflix show because it brings them some sort of pleasure. It brings them some sort of fulfillment. And so it's, it's, it's not so different. It's just that they found a way to, to trick, not trick, but like rewire their brain. Essentially. Yeah. 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 And there was some stuff where it was like, I, um, once I got over a certain, um, level of fear or discomfort, actually kind of like what you're saying, started to enjoy it, but like really enjoy it. Um, one of them I would say is like really venturing more into like freestyle and, um, I, I, oh my gosh, I used to be so scared <laughs> to freestyle really? around. Yeah, just like, I think that was one of the biggest obstacles, um, weirdly, because like, that's one of the main parts of art and dance overall. But once I like unlocked that, it's like literally one of my most favorite things to do. Um, so I feel like there's different levels, because there's also like the, um, the physically uh, difficult things too, like the uh, conditioning and... Um, like burpees and like your morning jogs. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think there's different levels to it, but I definitely agree. Yeah. Okay. So that brings me to a question. When it comes to specializing in one thing, say it's breaking or specializing into that one thing, and it might be choreography, picking up choreography. If you wanted to start dabbling into another style, like the whole realm of freestyling, mm. but you're so focused on that one thing, it's not so much the question of how do you balance it, but what are some of the tangible steps you've taken to start learning how to freestyle because i know there's a lot of people that specialize in that one thing it might be competitive paintballing or it might be painting might be sketching but you want to start dabbling into water painting or you might want to start dabbling into locking or you want to start dabbling into martial arts um, for you how do you start taking those steps to learning freestyling um okay so for me applying like what we were saying i uh, I want to look at it as like a game and just a form of play and learning something new because when you learn something new, you're not hard on yourself. Like you're just, you're just approaching it. It's like, would you treat a beginner B-boy or B-girl? Like, would you be so, would you be hard on them or would they be hard on themselves? Um, so I don't know. I think, yeah, just approaching these things as like, I'm new to this and that's okay. And I don't I'm not supposed to be good at it right away mm. because we're so uh, we're professionals in what we do so we're used to being high level 
setting high standards, but once we learn something new, it's so uncomfortable and we want to be good at it so fast because we're at that level in a different um, art form or profession or craft. So we just have to like, it goes back to like just having that inner child. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget to have is that inner child because you don't get mad like, or I mean, I wouldn't get mad at a child for like messing up on something or not being able to walk. The first time, like they fall and then they get back up. Right. So then, why would you do that to yourself? Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, they, and they're not like, God, like I have to get this right now. Like, <laughs> like, like parents are waiting. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're just having, they're right. just and doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's huge. And even back to like even imagination and creativity, because once you like really embrace that, once I started embracing that, I was able to have ideas flow easier, um, not be so stressed out when I'm choreographing and even freestyling. Um, because it's like I'm just easy on myself in that sense. So I guess it's like learning how to switch it on and off because we want to have times where we're hard on ourselves and be like, no, I got to do it and have a plan and like be strict. But there's also a time to um, just let yourself be, like literally. Mm-hmm. From whether that's creative choices while I'm choreographing a solo piece or just chilling at home, trying not to be hard on myself for having a rest day. It could be like literally things like this and. Switching it between the two is is something I've been trying to work on like more. That's actually really interesting that you talked on that. Just because for the longest time, I think it was like earlier this year, and I actually forgot about it until you mentioned it again. I was really into um, researching the idea of the beginner's mind, right? And it's it's basically the same thing you just talked about. But there, I think it's also a Buddhist philosophy where, mm-hmm. um, and a meditative philosophy as well, where every time you go and you sit down. And you start to, and you start to breathe. If you're doing that multiple times, and you've been doing this for years, when you sit down, you're like, I should be really good at this at this point. You know, like, like I'm, I'm like really good at meditation now, so my meditation's gonna get better. But what actually can end up happening in those cases is, and it's the same for most uh, principles or or practices. But then you get complacent, or you get, um, you you feel like you're holding yourself to this standard, and that standard is actually detrimental to your. Um, your performance, right? Because if you're sitting there and you are expecting yourself to not think about anything, you're thinking about expecting yourself to not think about anything that's thinking, right? So as opposed to being a beginner, being curious and going into things with an open mind, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really special because every time you do that, and it's not like that's exclusive to only beginners. If you have a beginner's mind, then every time you approach the same craft, whether you've been doing it for like a year or 10 or 20 then you can approach it and see things that you never saw before, right? Yeah. And I think that's really special. That's something that I think I see in you a lot, actually, because um, every time I talk to you and every time I see you write, you have a very open mind. And I'm not really sure if that's something that um, you have always been in touch with or it's something that you had to acquire. But maybe you could talk a little bit about the about your, your experience with having an open mind. Yeah, right. I feel like, well, thank you for that. Um, I feel like... Meditating helped me a lot with that because you have no expectations. Well, because once you have expectations, it's like you ruin the spontaneity and the freedom and the peacefulness of that state. Mm-hmm. And you also um, start thinking and that's like ruins the purpose sometimes. And like you don't allow things to just flow. And I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like once it was so uncomfortable at first to really surrender to that feeling and that state because it's like um yeah like always wanting to be in control it's it's a common thing in this society is wanting to um know everything that's going to happen um have everything under control um have everything according to plan even with my name logistics like 
I grew up like needing <laughs> right, that. But right. then I had to, um, not had to, I just wanted to explore the polar opposite because um, I realized, okay, one thing I realized is that this is like a lifetime and like we can do anything, like really if you think about it. And like, I don't, I think there's a, a core sense of like, purpose of everyone being here to like serve and give but there's also part of that purpose I feel is also exploration and adventure and I think um, branching out and like exploring the polar opposite of what I'm used to is something that um, my soul needed (laughs) so um, I was like I've been meditating like a lot more and it's just yeah it's been really transformative and it's allowed me to just be open to anything and um, I'm trying to think, like, how or why. How did you, um, for those out there, like, what do you think is a good way to get started with meditation if you've never done it before? Oh, how to start? Um, I think breathing is a really good way to start, um, focusing on your breath. Um, there's a lot of different ways because you can, I can just meditate here, <laughs> like, being still, eyes open. But I can also sit, you know, cross-legged outside with the sun, closing my eyes. Um, and then I can also sit in a car, like, everything's moving. And sorry, I'm not talking to the mic. Everything's moving and you're just there. So I think um, there's so many different ways, but focusing... For somebody who's like never been exposed to the world of meditation before and may not understand its value or how to do it, um, was there anything that, was there anybody who taught you or anything you learned from that you got you started or did you just kind of like figure it out on your own? The moment that I really discovered the, the transformative part of meditation is the moment that... I decided to um, listen, just like listen and like not, not try. So like, I think, um, yeah. And that comes with like a sense of egolessness. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. ego- like detaching yourself, right? De- completely detaching and realizing that you're just a ball of atoms and <laughs> you're not really like, not to say that we're not anything. We're everything, we're nothing and everything in a sense. So I think, um, just listening because like once you like close your eyes or even open your eyes and just are here in this present moment and you're listening and you're not trying to say anything um and not trying to think anything um you'll receive things and then this is another in my opinion like a form of guidance from something that nothing in this realm can give you um so yeah i guess sit and listen and um embrace um quietness i guess yeah. can we That's so crazy thing about can you guide us through one right now guide oh i'm not really because i only say that because the times that i've felt a deep sense of tranquility within my life two of them have been pretty notable and one of them was when you me jilu daniel zoo filthy may and val in taiwan yeah when we were under the waterfall Whoa. yeah we hiked up so all of us were touring throughout Taiwan for this event called Taipei B-Boy City. And in the midst <laughs> of the trip, because we we're teaching at multiple schools, shout out to B-Boy Bojin out of Taiwan for setting up and organizing the whole thing with his team. It looked amazing. And shout out to the group that All The Way Live, the All The Way Live group that helped set up the tour teaching at all these different schools. Um, that was super fun. In one of the middle parts of the trip, I forgot what town or what city we were in. Oh, with uh, The one right after that or before that? The one... Pff, we went a to city a, in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah there was a part, part where we went 
to a waterfall. We hiked up this giant mountain and it was just in between tasks, in between teaching trips. And it was just a moment of presence. Like, yes, we had our phones, but the group that we were with, we were already with them for half a week, more than a week. You were with Jilu and Christian for more than two weeks, probably at that point. Um, and it was just sense of presence, being under nature's water, being under a really cold waterfall. And then another moment was in the midst of this quarantine, you and Empat came to my house and we trained for maybe two hours. Um, we had some acai bowls in the backyard and we just meditated. Did we? Yeah, we did. Right before we ate, you made us hold our hands and then you said, hey, let's just take this moment of gratitude. Oh, yeah. And we all just took a few and so deep I had started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right now, if you're open to it, can we take a few breaths together? And could you just give us some mental cues? Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is like, I can't guarantee that it's going to be that moment for everyone because I think it comes at a divine a divine timing um, for depending on like which individual and I guess their like level of awareness. But I think, um, <laughs> I mean, I can try. Yeah, just a few quick breaths. <laughs> okay. Take right. discomfort. So let's, let's do three. Um, Three breaths. Oh, how should we gonna... sit? Huh? How should we sit? How should we sit? Uh, how should we, like, like straight back or it doesn't really matter? Like how um, we're, what our posture or like position I think is? As long as you're relaxed enough. All right. Follow us. Follow um, her voice. So inhale with your nose. In. Hold it for three seconds. When you exhale, um, visualize any darkness releasing and exhale. We're going to do it again. This time when you inhale, inhale, light, and inhale. If you're not closing your eyes, feel free to do so. Hold for two more seconds, and when you exhale, again, any darkness, just visualize it being released, and exhale. One more time, inhale. Inhale anything that you want to attract. Allow this to mix in with whatever is going on in your body right now. And exhale. Anything that needs to be released. Now let's do one more without me saying anything. Um, actually, two more without me saying anything and go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. That was nice. I actually felt like, you know how when you close your eyes, you can still see light? It like got brighter when I was exhaling. Ooh. It was nice. Yeah. It's, it's the power of visualization and just like being in it, right? Thank yeah, you for that, Logan. Yeah, yeah, So I think we should close ASMR? Um, <laughs> it's been amazing. This has been a great talk so far. Thank Probably you. one of my favorite. This has been, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> in your face. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, since we're kind of on a topic, is some of the things that you've been most interested in over like the last year in terms of like new ways of thought and new philosophies and things. There's one thing I want to bring up that I want to ask you about. I see you posted a lot, but it's when you're under the sun and you type Grand Rising. 
I don't know what that is, but I want okay. to, I would like you to explain that to us. I'm yeah, curious. So, yeah. And um, what that links to and relates to. Yeah, yeah. so um, one of my um, good friends, I call him brother, <laughs> in um, South Florida, shout out to brother Maru. Um, he's a shaman and um, he's a shadow worker and he... Um, he instead of saying good morning, he says grand rising because he broke down to me how words are spells too, because um, they can make us you know think a certain way and that literally shapes like our perspective approach and reality is words and phrases. So good morning, good is like eh, and like <laughs> morning is like mourn, mourn. Oh my gosh. Um, so instead of saying good morning and like, I'm sure you guys know about, um, like subconscious programming and things like this. So words can do this too. And so instead of saying good morning, he says grand rising because we rise in the morning and, um, it just, you know, sounds more grand and positive. So he says grand rising and I was like, wow, that's very actually amazing. So I started to use it and, um, yeah, that's the whole thing behind grand rising um, and with the sun, there's just, I didn't realize how powerful the sun is until, um, being around certain people over there who would like really, um, just speak about its powers <laughs> and, um, yeah. And that's, can go into a whole nother conversation, but grand rising. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can touch on that a little bit. Grand rising. If you were grand rising, uh, if you were to, exp- to, I mean, that was great. That was a really good intro because now we're starting to get into why, um, and, and also like the the reasons behind why um that it's a thing right grand rising and using that spells and such right so the reason i i I might i might have a very um well beginner and ignorant way of being able to to word this question but i guess what are other things that are related um to this idea because i remember earlier you mentioned that there are things not of this world that influence us so what are what are some of these things that you have been exploring in terms of I mean, is it spirituality? Is it is this mm-hmm. this, this yeah, idea? Yeah, I could okay. say that the yeah. topic of spirituality. Um, it's I think it's also very. It can be a touchy topic for some people too, but um, I think honestly, it all goes down to to self. I think there's a reason why our souls are in this body at this time, and I personally truly believe in um, that our, our our souls are eternal. Um, I think it it was somewhere before this, and it goes somewhere after this. And um, I think that also validates our um, relationship with God and whatever God we believe in. Um, and I think, yeah, um, I feel like really diving into the self uh, meditation, um, being present, being still, and even through movement too, through everything is like, it seems to deepen my understanding and awareness. And I think awareness is a huge thing. And um, it's just, yeah, it's one of those really crazy, confusing, transformative topics that um, connects everything, in my opinion. Um, it, yeah, I feel it even comes down to like, I think asking why, because when I um, first, when I wasn't as, I guess, spiritually aware, um, I just wondered why things would happen in my life, good and bad. And it's like, why you know like sometimes you question but then it's like there has to be a reason so um i think thinking and also listening has allowed me to become more aware of why things happen 
and also to know that we don't have to always know the answers too. Um, so there's so many facets and so many different like <laughs> things within right. that topic alone. But I think that's a very strong foundation to what we're all here to do. Okay. Are there any people that um, you like listening to or learning from in order to kind of that, that you enjoyed listening to or learning from when you first started exploring this? When I first started exploring, um, a lot of it was Alan Watts. Um, who else? There is this YouTuber. His name is Leo Leo Gura. Gura, um, something like that. Leo Gura. 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 I think so. Let me let me double check. I um, you mentioned this in another one. Um, yeah, actualized.org. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, a sad guru has some great ones. Um, also, honestly, my crew like. I have to really shout out Filthy because he yes. is He's the so tapped in. <laughs> he, he is the example. He is, yeah. He is. And we'll have to have Filthy on sometime. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Just, and also, like, honestly, after that, I realize it's within ourself. That's, like, the biggest thing. Um, and I didn't realize that until I took the risk of, like, what if it is within ourself? And then I realized, oh, dang, it really is, like, we have all the answers that we need within ourselves, um, and that's yeah, that's a, I guess really deep. But um, I don't have to get no, into that too I much. Think, I think it ties into what you've been talking about this whole time. Um, the thing that's been echoing in my mind a lot is personally is is your idea that you have to be still to move, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that. It's it's someone who sits and listens, and it's it's very inverse, I think, to what we think most of the time because. When I'm going out through, when I'm going throughout my day, especially as of recently, and I'm not actually searching to do the next thing, or I'm like, I finish one task, and I'm like, okay, what's next? I have to like look for it. And I'm like actively it's distract- seeking it. It's distraction from it's a, yeah, yeah. And it's it's like, it's weird because you you'd assume that you have to search for something to find it, but then a lot of times you have listening, it. Yeah. yeah, listening and sitting for it will it'll come to you. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad you mentioned that because. That's true. I think we live in a world of like distractions um, and sometimes you don't realize that we are. And even with our own thoughts, I think that's one of the most basic forms of distraction is thinking. And um, yeah, or even distracting from our thoughts and emotions. Um, So yeah, that's another thing. And there is something else. Oh, one thing I wanted to say is like, we like as people in hip hop, like b-boys and b-girls, artists, um, I feel it's very innate because I remember watching an interview from Remind and him saying that we um, are like naturally as dancers, we are spiritual beings. Because when we freestyle, when we dance, when we're in the ciphers, that's like, that is something that's like not of this world, if you really think about it. Like we're creating in that moment. And it's something that's, yeah. So I feel like I I didn't understand it before until um, I decided to, um, delve into that a little bit more and also going back to I don't know if you guys have studied the 5% nation of um, Islam or gods and earths and um, they're part of that um, they're part of that establishment of hip-hop culture in the New York in the 70s <laughs> and um, I was able to study more of that and it's like wow we have we, we receive that guidance through what we're doing whether we know it or not and um, yeah, that's another very, very interesting topic that they're more like of that guidance that I've been doing more research on. Yeah, I think I remember reading somewhere and you can correct me if I'm wrong or, or, or 
add to it. But um, ciphers originated right like a while back in Africa, and it was it was around. They, they would they would use the practice to evoke spirits to to possess them, right? Essentially, like I don't know if I'm using the right words, but then they would like bring and evoke these otherworldly feelings and and people and emotions and ancestors in order to take over and like bring and and, and like bring them to life in the circle. Is, does that sound um, along the lines of anything? I personally haven't read anything or researched anything about okay, that, okay. but I would not be surprised. All right, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. Please, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if that was the case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this has been otherworldly. Yeah, we could talk forever. <laughs> this was good. And we probably will. Yeah. But, <laughs> you guys have been very patient. Thank you for listening. And I, I don't know. I, I hope you've gotten as much out of this as we have. This has been really great, Logan. I'm super Do you have any closing up questions, Nico? Uh, I want to acknowledge you for all the courage you have in continuing to do, be in the action of leading by example. I want to acknowledge you for being so present and not fabricating who you are, not feeling like you have to fulfill this expectation and maintaining the sense of grounding that you have for so many years. And with this awareness that you are still so young, you continue to demonstrate that you're a student and you're a beginner of everything. So even as a sister, I want to acknowledge you. Just thank you for coming here. Thank you to your family. Um, I want to thank like you being here. I want to thank your dad for bringing me out to Taiwan on that trip. Because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to spend that additional time with you and the crew. And that was life-changing to me so i'm super super thankful thank you heron um yeah just thank you for your time logan it's been awesome having you thank you both thank you (laughs) um do you have any last plugs on where people can find you in terms of socials in terms of your projects where can they find logan edra yeah, if you go up on YouTube and search up logist, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that works. My, that works. Yeah. Yeah. My Instagram um, is logistics ugf l o g i s t x underscore ugf. Same thing on TikTok. Um, YouTube is Logan Edra, I think. <laughs> Double check. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll be doing, you know, like putting out stuff. Yeah, and you're definitely going to want to follow her now because, Logan, I also want to acknowledge you too because every time I see you, um, you've learned a lot more and you've changed. And I think that's good. I think you're actually in, like, I mean, you're, you're very, very young and you're in a very, very, like, rapid stage of being a student and growing and changing. And so I think by following her, you guys are going to be able to see that journey and and learn from it alongside her. And I want to acknowledge you one more time also because I remember the whole reason, the whole way you got started in your very first mentor in terms of breaking was Valpal, right? So I remember you were really adm- admiring of her for being a B-girl in this community of scarcity, right? And, and showing what's possible and showing you what's possible that a girl can thrive and succeed in this environment. And against all odds and now you're doing the same thing for thousands of other girls around the world so you know just wanted to say amazing job keep doing what you're doing and I mean if things ever go up or down for you like just know that yeah you do have a support system it's it's, it's what we talked about and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next so thank you till next time yeah thank yes both. thank you so much for listening to this episode of the crossroads with Logan logistics Edra My name is Nico Castro. I'm Kai. And this is Logan.
Thank you guys so next much. next time. Peace. Signing out. What is up, you guys? It's Kai again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Crossroads. Your listenership makes all this work worth it. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at thecrossroadz underscore or visit us at anchor.fm slash crossroads. There, you can leave a voice message or questions for future episodes. 